Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip. A podcast for diverse millennials to help make sense of COVID-19 and the decisions made by our political leaders. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly events and announcements that impact us. Shall we? Let's do it. So for our health segment today, Curtis, what's going on with our health? Well, not only is a second wave of COVID-19 inevitable, it'll likely be driven by young people. And that's what Dr. Gerald Evans, who is the medical director of infection control at the Kingston Health Sciences Center and chair of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Queen's University is saying. Just look at South Korea. Their new infection spread through Seoul's nightclubs and bars, and even after successful containment, we know that South Korea was actually the most successful country in the world to contain COVID. Uh, so... We say this every week, but people, we have to keep taking this seriously. That means, quite frankly, that even as venues and spaces reopen, we should think critically about whether or not it's in our best interest to actually go. So this week, we learned that Ontario is finally going to be expanding testing for COVID-19 to ensure that we are keeping track of those who may be asymptomatic, especially. So now everybody now has access to be tested, and patients and I have included a link that includes a list of all hospitals that you can go get tested at. Basically, it's all hospitals, but some um, require you to call ahead. So you might want to look at that list first if you're not aware. We're also hearing that Doug Ford is now open to the idea of reopening the economy regionally. Because we, we know that Toronto was doing a lot worse. Toronto and Peel are doing a lot worse than other areas of the province. And so our chief medical officer of health, Dr. David Williams, submitted a proposal to open Ontario up by region. Now, to be clear, um, the specific thresholds on infection rates and hospital capacity, those still have to be met in order for these regions to have restricted or restrictions lifted. But this seems to be a more, I don't know, thoughtful way of of approaching the situation. What do you think, Patience? Yeah, we have freedom of mobility in in Canada, and it's just, it would be uh, irresponsible to not have a regional approach to reopening um, Canada. I, I found it kind of interesting, the fact that Premier Ford was using, he was using the example of people going to Kurdish country and the fact that the reason why he doesn't want to open it up, open the province up regionally is because people could just go to another region and make everybody sick in that region. Um, Are they not already doing that? Well, that's, I guess, but so, I mean, we can make an argument that people are already doing it. So let's just open the floodgates. But the reality still is that just because certain people are doing it doesn't mean that we should lift regulations because that would make it even worse. Okay, I see that, but I don't think that a regional approach would compromise anything. 
I only think it would save lives and lessen the uh, impact of COVID-19 in places like Muskoka, Blue Mountain, Wasega Beach. That's a, that's a really big thing. Like when you go to places like, like if people in Toronto own properties in cottage country and they're taking the virus because they're asymptomatic to these areas, you are, you are, you are taking it to areas with higher senior populations and um, smaller hospitals, if there are hospitals at all. Yeah. That, so I, I do think, sorry. Yeah, the regional approaches will only be helpful. I agree. Canadians are pretty concerned about our American cousins. We already know this, but just see how much we're concerned. Most Canadians right now, we want the border closed not only until July, not only until August. We want it closed till at least September. Is what the majority of people are saying. I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm pretty, I'm pretty surprised about that. Does nobody want to go to Florida for their vacation? I think people care about their health more than going to Florida on vacation, fam. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'm out here trying to go to Disneyland and shit. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, so it's funny. Like you, you are clearly somebody who is um, who is more open to opening to reopening, I should say, and. So you're not scared at all? <laughs> no, honestly, you know what it is? You know what it is, Curtis? And, and maybe this is, this is me being privileged because I really only leave my house, Curtis, when I'm going to go catch a flight. <laughs> so my now, said, I don't uh, catch feelings. I catch flights. Log one. Patience, we as a collective society here in Canada, actually, actually the world, but, you know, we're in Canada, so we got to talk about us. We've been treating our seniors like absolute shit and um there's there's no way around it like some people might i don't know if anybody's going to be offended by me swearing but uh, i would hope that you're more offended by how our seniors are being treated than by the words i'm using to describe it here's what happened guys our canadian forces they are obliged to report cases of abuse and mistreatment up through what's called the chain of command and so that's exactly what happened here they they made notes of what they observed and it was disturbing where there are cockroaches and flies present, as one assessment said, or another assessment that said rotten food smell noted in the hallway outside. Our soldiers, they, they had said in their reports, staff members were overwhelmed and burnt out and, quote, respecting the dignity of patients is not always a priority. There's, there's five homes, five facilities in particular where um, our forces were helping out. There was Orchard Villa in Pickering, Altamont Care Community in Scarborough, Eatonville in Etobicoke, Hawthorne Place in North York, and Holland Christian Homes Grace Manor in Brampton. And there probably, quite frankly, are many more because I actually remember reading that the outbreak is actually affecting private homes way worse than it's affecting public homes, which calls into question regulation. Yeah, I think this all has to do with... uh, So I'm, I'm glad that you said regulation. So regulation is absolutely a critical part of this and not just regulation in terms of you are a licensed facility that is able to do this work but also you know checks how often are we doing these checks and also like if these are public long-term care facilities do they get as much funding as they need i have a have a story my boss was talking about how when he was looking for a home for his mother 
that he would interview management before putting her in any of the homes. And management was often overwhelmed, so overwhelmed between caring for the folks to getting um, you know, qualified caregivers to making sure that they knew when medication was changing. And he said his mother wouldn't have lasted as long as she did if he wasn't in there every weekend advocating for her health. Long-term care homes are a different beast. I do think that COVID-19 is an opportunity for us to really challenge ourselves. Just like how Doug Ford came into office and was really opposed to hallway medicine or hallway healthcare, I think he needs to focus on uh, long-term care homes. Uh, I don't know what kind of alliteration he can come up with for uh, <laughs> long-term living or I don't know what it, what it would be, but I do think that for anyone who's going to come into to politics uh, for as long as health is number one, they do need to kind of really zero in on long-term care homes because without that focus, it's not going to get better. It's such a complicated issue. It, you know, it's, it's complicated. That's fair. And at the same time, there are things that are not complicated about it. For example, there's the fact that, and I'm just going to come out and, and be real here, Doug Ford canceled he he reduced funding that would have allowed for more checks in these homes and that mm-hmm. of his mandate right he still has not righted that wrong he called in the military for five facilities we, we should assume that there are probably more and even with those five facilities he was slow to inform us as which facilities he was talking about it's complicated but there's some real common sense stuff that should be done or has not been done and doug ford has some blame some of that blame belongs on Doug Ford's shoulders. For sure. So, I mean, everything you said sounds very common sense to me. <laughs> so, and finally, we got some bad news. Um, you know, bad news for me anyway, because <laughs> I live in North Scarborough. North Etobicoke and North Scarborough are being hit really hard with COVID-19. Well, the data confirms that COVID-19 is present in every single neighborhood in Toronto. So everyone is feeling COVID-19 from the east to the west, from the north to south. However, from the window to the wall. (laughs) So the sweat drops down by. But, you know, I I don't think that... um, I'm not sure that that it would be too surprising to anyone that North Scarborough and North Etobicoke are hardest hit. There was a paper written by David Holchansky in uh, 2010 that that wrote of the three Torontos. Mm -hmm. So, you know, speaking about how the the richest in Toronto live uh, within a kilometer of a subway station and uh, the poorest live on what he called the inner or in what he called the inner suburbs. Both um, North Etobicoke and North Scarborough are inner suburbs. Mm -hmm. These are places where you find high immigrant population, Mm -hmm. high racialized population, and also higher populations of people who do not speak English as their first language or their second language or at all. I do think that we are underestimating the importance of being able to receive information from healthcare practitioners in a language that is not our first language. When, when you are expected to you know, go into a healthcare facility or a hospital and navigate your way around the hospital 
but everything is written on signs and you can't read the signs mm -hmm. that will prevent you from from getting tested that will prevent you from seeking the the care that you need same with the news same with everything it is so difficult to navigate the healthcare system if you cannot read and write proficiently so not just at a basic level but at a proficient level so that you can get the information that you need on top of that in some of these um, immigrant communities in particular there is a lot of misinformation that is going through whatsapp for those of you who are immigrants or who are who are the children of immigrants you know exactly what i'm yeah. talking about i was about to say i know exactly what that's <laughs> i go on it's a real thing you know so if your mom thinks that putting onions by the window is going to prevent COVID-19 <laughs> from entering the household, that that is a real thing. With any novel virus, with any new disease, people are going to, you know, come up with a, a myriad of ways to protect themselves, especially when they don't have the access to information. So I do think the city of Toronto has tried more recently to do a better job of translating things into Cantonese, Mandarin, Tamil, yep. Somali. Mm -hmm. But that hasn't been something that has been happening the whole time. And, and I don't know if that's, that information is precise enough information about what people need. So the washing of hands and the social distancing, six feet, two meters, that is, you know, pretty widespread. I do think people know that. But in terms of you know, symptoms and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it might be more difficult for people to know how to know if they have it and what to do if, if they suspect that they have one of the symptoms. So I, I think that um, in both North Scarborough and North Etobicoke, a lot of things are kind of piling up on top of each other, making COVID-19 more easily spread in those neighborhoods. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, so I agree with everything you just said. The only thing I would add is, you know, I, I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that there's a lot of poor people. No, it's a, it's a good point because class and money is important. Yeah. We've got people who are working in more dangerous jobs now because of COVID-19 if they are used to working in, in, for example, grocery stores, right? So, and then they go home to their families, which... <laughs> We, we know about, you know, I, so I'm from Scarborough North and I know that there's plenty of households where there are, if not one family, multiple families living in one home. So yeah, that's, that, that has a part to play too. Yeah, but I, I do think that this is, a really, this is a really good opportunity for political leaders to show us how well they know their, their neighborhoods or the neighborhoods that they represent and do something about what's happening in North Scarborough and North Etobicoke. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Way, way back in 2019 in the election, I was engaging a few thousand people. You guys might remember this if you were following me on Instagram and uh, teaching them how to understand what each party stands for and how to vote. Now, at the time, you know, many people I know, they, they were very interested in Jagmeet Singh. And I had said that he would not be prime minister. But what I also said was that he'd have plenty to contribute to the lives and well-being of Canadians. And you know what? I'm happy that I was right. Because it looks like this week, because of Jagmeet Singh, all Canadians will be getting 10 days sick leave. Curtis, I swear some of these political staff <laughs> have been listening to this podcast. We're always just talking about needing more sick days if people need to self-isolate for 14 days. Yes, yes. And so if they're listening, great, because this is so necessary. So look, kudos to Jagmeet and kudos to, to Justin, quite frankly, for, for listening. I mean, I think he kind of had to since it was a minority government, but I also think that he could have gone a different direction and he chose not to. So kudos to them. And this is an example of our political leaders working together to make life better for everyone. So along the same lines, Mayor John Tory is encouraging employers to extend their work from home plans to the fall at the earliest to keep the TGC from crowding up. You know, Toronto's transit is currently operating at 20% capacity with room to flex up to 30% if necessary, but any more riders and that would become unsafe, right? So Tory is especially encouraging employers in the finance and insurance sectors, which make up around 12% of Toronto's public transit commuters and post-secondary schools to enforce remote work and learning. However, there's still no word yet on if he'll require people to wear masks while on the TTC. We were talking about this too, weren't we, patients? It's wonderful that we have the data to, to support, you know, who takes the TTC. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, we should you go down to between 20 and 30%. My question to you, Curtis, or to maybe anyone who's listening, is the, the, the TTC is operating on... A, a shared model. So I think part of its funding comes from the city through tax levies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But part of the money comes from fares, mm-hmm. from bus fares, from subway fares. Mm-hmm. If we're dropping down to 20 to 30%, I wonder what that's going to do to their budgets. Uh, well, um, I believe if it wasn't this week, it was definitely last week where John Tory was painting the very stark picture that if the federal government or the or Ontario doesn't jump in to do things like provide more funding for the TTC, it's gone. And I think it was the same thing for our emergency services. And it was the same thing for libraries. It was a big chunk of, of our revenue as a city is gone. So we can't provide the services that we normally do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know, man. I do think it's, it's great that Meritory is telling people to work from home. If you have proven that you can work from home and if you work in the, in the finance or insurance sector, you can work from home. So t- tell us what's going on in the world, patients. I mean, it is pretty crazy. China and Russia are lying to men. They're lying out here. They're telling people that COVID-19 was brought from the U.S. to China mm-hmm. via American soldiers. Mm-hmm. What? That Americans have been weaponizing their soldiers 
and placing them in China. And that is how COVID-19 came to be. And so this, this is like moving from being a war against COVID-19 to being a war of ideology. Even further, this week, I'm sure many of you have heard that U.S. President Donald Trump on Friday said that he is terminating the U.S. relationship with the World Health Organization over its handling of the coronavirus, saying that the World Health Organization had essentially become a puppet organization of China. The irony to that statement is that what he's effectively saying is we don't want China to be the puppet master of the who we, we want to be the puppet master of the who. It's also <laughs> yeah. wrong, which is also wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think that's a really great point. What and on like, earth? absolutely. <laughs> I'm sick of this. Listen, November can't come soon enough. The polls are showing Joe Biden is doing pretty well. He's probably. Come on, Biden. Does. Listen, Mr. Joe, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. <laughs> Uncle Joe, bring it home, man, because I'm, I'm sick Come of this, on. this guy. You better send this Cheeto home. God, listen, send him back to his tanning <laughs> salon, okay? Let, let him stay there. <laughs> if he gets skin cancer, that's not on us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think it's, it's at the same time, though, so we're laughing about this, but mm. I think um, the, the U.S. defunding the World Health Organization will have impacts on how we manage COVID as a as a as a world, right? Um, because they have been coordinating all of our efforts. So as we start to talk about reopening borders, if we don't have the World Health Organization there to help us forecast what that would look like, I do think it might be a little bit of a dog chasing its tail. The good news is that um, we, both Canada and the UK, we're not going down that road at all. But um, I think it's like 15% is what 15% of the WHO's budget is provided by the U.S. So the problem now is, can these other countries like Canada, the U.K., Australia, whoever else, can they fill those gaps? And earlier in today's episode, we did speak about how there have been protests across the United States, in Toronto, in Canada, and in the U.K., and as a result of you know, the protests happening during this COVID-19 pandemic, uh, many folks have been calling for those who have been going out and protesting. And you know, protesting is not a socially distant event or a physically distant event. No. Have been calling for people to observe a 14-day self-isolation period. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that that is a good idea for those of us who can to self-isolate for 14 days. We really appreciate you being on the front lines. We appreciate you standing up for what is right. Absolutely. Um, But observing a 14-day self-isolation period will help all of us, your families and our families, stay safe. Yep. For those of you who are concerned about people not physically distancing and protesting the the, the death of um, Regis, and forgive me for not remembering her full name, um, you know, it starts with an F and it ends with a U. Um, (laughs) That was amazing. <laughs> I, I I say that I say that with a little bit of facetiousness, but you know we have people who are concerned about losing their life at the hands of the state. Um, so if you don't want people to ignore physical distancing rules in the middle of a pandemic, I don't know, maybe just stop killing us, and maybe uh, maybe maybe support policies that will stop killing us. It's like Don Lemon said, 
Today in the world, we're fighting two viruses, COVID-19 and racism. Hmm. Quiet. <laughs> questions for the audience. Chris, do you have any questions? We spoke about North Etobicoke and North Scarborough being harder hit right now. Testing has also been expanded to include everyone who wants it at their local hospital. So this applies to everybody, but especially for those living in Etobicoke and Scarborough. Will you go get tested? Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. Remember, we're all in this together, and this forum is meant to be a sort of safe space to foster community. So slide in our DMs with any questions or feedback you have, and we promise to respond. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at PatienceEve. And I'm on Instagram at State of Vermont. See you next time. You know, it's getting pretty wild out there. We've heard about shootings and other instances of violence all across the greater Toronto area. And we're urging people to please stay home. And if you can't, please continue to be vigilant and stay safe. We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fissett, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. 